0: Welcome, today is Monday, September 27th, 2021. I wanna talk about the right to repair um, and what I've been learning about it, but also the importance of it. Now, if you don't know what the right to repair is, um, it essentially does a few things. I'll just cover the few key points here that I got from the iFixit website. It is the right to fix our own things or choose which service shop to use, uh, manuals and diagnostic tools the dealer uses and the ability to unlock and jailbreak software on our own devices. Uh, I became really interested in the right to repair after watching quite a bit of Luis Rossman, the guy just really wants to repair things and watching MKBHD video. I think that the first time that I realized the importance of the right to repair was when I heard that if you purchase a secondhand Tesla, that the individual uh, does not get all the software that comes with the Tesla car. For example, if you're John and you sell it to Betty, you sell your Tesla to Betty, you have to sign in with Betty's account and you lose all the features from John's account. I was like, wait, what? But John already bought the... The car, the features, it's paid in full. Why does Tesla have any right to tell me how I can sell my product on the secondhand market? Also, I saw a bunch of videos on, you know, this one guy, which I forgot what his name is, he's super famous. Right, he's like the big, you know, repairer for Tesla's, but Tesla just took way too long, right? It took way too long, the parts are hard to get, turn around wasn't that great. Tesla's kind of a young company, but also this is a luxury car. You expect luxury return times, luxury all the time. It seems like, when do, again, back to the point of, I have bought this, it is now my property. I get to do whatever I want with it. Then I think it's definitely more when you buy a hardware product, you get locked out by the software. Now, with the new iPhone 13, If you are not using an iPhone, Apple certified by Apple themselves, you no longer have Face ID. That is absolutely insane because I know that I've gone to the Apple store and we've all seen it where, you know, you'll go up to the Apple store and they'll be like, it's 800 to repair the screen. You might as well just buy a new one. And then... You go to a different store and it's like half the price, plus they make you a sandwich. How likely are you to always get great customer service from not just Apple, but from any store, right? I think Apple is the biggest example where they kind of put a certain lifespan on the product. And while it is great, you know, they last to five years. It's also horrible that you don't let us repair it or you're not allowing someone else to learn this particular skill. That heck might generate them money, might help them start a business, you know, take the weight off the shoulders of you know, you know, employees, so they can do something else that might be a little bit more technical and important, uh, because they've seen the potential of the secondhand market. Uh, I'm a big fan of the secondhand market. I try to buy my electronics secondhand just because it's like, why would I pay $200 extra for a new box, right? Cause at the end, that's all we want. We want the shiny box for the YouTube unboxing. But if it's something generic, like some speakers or, you know, a mouse pad or something like that, then I'm gonna buy it secondhand, right? I've seen this the most, you know, with more pop. It's happening more and more. John Deere does it, Apple's doing it, Tesla's doing it. Samsung's starting to do it, I think too. And it's getting really obnoxious, right? Then there's the idea of manuals and diagnostics, you know, just being available. You know, I I was making the Nikon FM2 video, and I realized how easy, if I wanted to learn the skill, it would be to repair this, ca- this camera, right? Like, there is so, it's 25 years old, but if I were to just look for a basic manual, I bet it would be available and I would be able to refix it. I also find this a little bit, you know, like being anti-right to repair sounds like you don't care about the environment, which a lot of companies are saying, oh, we care about the environment. And to me, fixing something is a lot more environmentally friendly than going out and buy a new one, right? But going back to the schematics and manuals, you know, I'm not the biggest repairer. Or I know how to, fan, you know, follow a manual, but this is like, you know, is certain thing. Are certain things patented? Uh, to what extent is this? So I wish there was a little bit more emphasis on that, so I could learn uh, about this, like how how often, or what is like the volume that these schematics used to be put at? Because I know at one point they would put the schematics inside the box if I remember correctly from one of Luis's uh, videos and now there's nothing in the box that shows you how to repair it so you had to call them and pay more money then there's the idea of so that's where I'm kind of left on the manual thing like I'm not too I have not watched enough of those videos and looked enough into it where I'm where I have an understanding of the manuals and diagnostic tools oh the diagnostic tools yes like it, it makes sense that these tools are available to the properly trained individuals, whether that be a third party repair store, so they can better diagnose uh, a device. In terms of like the manuals, uh, I'm still confused. I wish someone would just give me a better explanation to that in terms of unlocking and jailbreaking a device. (laughs) Jailbreak, good old jailbreak brings me back to my days when I used to have an iPod touch. I think this is also something I'd love to see more of an explanation on because it makes so much sense for the hardware, right? Like you should have a guy that allows you or someone that wants to make this their job to uh, be able to repair the hardware in terms of the software. This is where I get or I'm like, okay, software is not like a piece of art where there's a finish or a uh, finish line. What I mean by that is a song as an artist, when you make the final product, it's there, it's done. There's really not too much to do, aside from maybe like a remix, right? In software, you're just building up on code, keep on building, adding more features, adding to the complexity. And the software is what really matters now, right? Like the hardware, it has its place, but definitely a lot of people get the experience from the software. And to me, this is like a little confusing because it's never ending. So how do you how do you say I own this never ending product? Well, there's a the limitation of the hardware, right? Like we all know it at some point, just your hardware cannot keep up with the software. So like I think someone has to define like, okay, this as far as the manufacturer will give you software updates or five years or three years depending on your product but i also see that you know you should be able to do whatever you want with that software like jailbreak people jailbroke their devices all the time and then apple got mad uh, over it which it's like okay but yeah but they bought it right and it, it was for quote unquote privacy and security um maybe back then right but the from our, I remember seeing the last like jailbreak videos it's kind of more stable and more secure because I think it's open source so I'm just wondering you know software's never ending how do you say we have the right to repair on something that's never ending and that's where I get like kind of mixed up I, I, I really get it on the hardware side um, to be able to fix anything but on the on the manuals I'm also a bit confused and on um, the jailbreak I mean, it's, it's your, it's your thing, you know, you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, but I think that the importance of this is that, and this comment is always left on Luis's videos is, you know, quote, you will own nothing and you will like it, end quote. I've started to see this pop up so much in just even standard software platforms, right? Right. If you want this feature, you gotta pay for this. If you want this little feature, you gotta pay for this. If you want this little feature, you gotta pay for this, and it gets to the point where it's just a nickel and diming you for every little feature. It gets really obnoxious, and I don't see why, th- why these companies would stop you from, you know, from doing that to the hardware too, right? Like you want to add, you know, or it makes sense to, you know, charge for the hardware as you're adding it on. But software is very different. And of course, these people gotta get paid too. I have yet to think of a way to balance this out. And I don't know who could think of a way to balance out software that is never ending. And the idea of constant subscription models is obnoxious. You know, you have like a very popular, you know, reader for text or something like that. Once you bought a copy a few years ago, you bought that copy. I think Photoshop's the most memorable one where they said that they were just gonna do all cloud-based. It sounded excellent, right? But now it's like you can't do anything if you're offline, right? What happens when you're remote and you don't have access to the internet? Sure, you get your 30 days, but what happens if you're you know, somewhere remote for 60 days and this is your job, right? It does not make too much sense to me. And it's kind of weird that it might work better if it was just standalone. Sure, you don't get the updates, but you know it's just much better if you're constantly traveling. So to me, the importance of right to repair is, every, I own the product, right? I bought it off of you. I gave you money, there was a transaction. And after that, it should be none of your business, right? And the more that I learn about it, the more that I see what these companies are doing, trying to get into the secondhand market uh, and say that they care about the environment is seems like a lot of baloney to me because a, it would be a lot better if I could repair my own thing. That way I'm not throwing it away and buying a new one and knowing, not knowing where it's going. Right. But that is, those are my thoughts on the right to repair. I think it's a really great movement. Uh, again, just a little bit more emphasis on the manuals because I'm not a repair person and the idea of, you know, software. Like, at what point do you say uh, you own the software, right? Because I, re- I really don't have a, I wouldn't say like a clear understanding, maybe like a clear understanding because it's never ending, but also like a clear solution. Like, what is the solution to software that is more, valuable now than the hardware right it's all about the experience but those are all my thoughts on this one feel free to listen on and follow me on twitter youtube and right here on the podcast